Your go-to girls, Jill Vanek and Lauren Sherwin, flip the script and give you a weekly dose of career advice, banter, and the insider office gossip. You have all heard the phrase, your go-to guy. We are Are your your go-to girls. We're back. And by we, I mean me. So this is another solo episode. This is Jill. Um, Lauren is still traveling. Don't worry. She will be back next week. But I wanted to hop on here because literally, you guys, we have to talk about mm, one of my favorite holidays, International Women's Day. So this episode's going to come out a little bit later. It was March 8th, but I want to talk about it because this holiday, and I'm saying that in air quotes, you guys, it fires me up. It just, there's so many things to discuss, but it fires me up in a good way. I think it should fire all of us up if we're doing our due diligence and actually not moving through life um, without paying attention. So we'll get to that, but I need to give you guys some updates. Um, I feel like this is my weekly therapy session with you. Um, Hope you guys are trained in dealing with wackos because that's what's coming your way. So need to give you guys the update. I am officially out of hinge matches within a 20 mile radius. So I think I'm going to need to hang um, that up. Um, Guys, I filled you in on a date. I went on, I went on a date last Thursday and we were supposed to meet at Harp and Crown, which we did. Thank God you guys. Harp and Crown was so packed. It was one of those nice days last week. That was actually really nice. A ton of people out. It was a Thursday. Like it was good to see the city kind of come to life. Um, so Harp and Crown was packed. FYI, I think that's such a good date place. Drinks are great. Bars fun. Always a ton of people. Highly recommend. That's where I had my birthday party in the basement. Guys, the basement is baller. There's a bowling alley down there. Um, P.S. I did not want to rent the bowling alley and they made me as part of the party, but it actually turned out really well. Um, Anyway, that is a different story, but the bar was packed. So you guys, here's my new date spot. Don't even care if you're mad at it. Like this is my new go-to. We went across the street to Oscars. Oscars, if you don't know about it, like you've all been to an Oscars. It is the dumpiest dive bar in the city and I'm here for it. No joke, you guys. I felt not an ounce of guilt. He paid for our drinks. We had six drinks. It was $31, $31. You can get a rolling rock this size of your head for like five fifty. Now I know what you're thinking, Jill, why are you drinking rolling rock? You guys, I don't know, like lately, beer on a date, I just think it's it's good control. I, I like the taste of beer. I, I don't mind beer. They do have other things, but honestly, drinking wine at Oscars would concern me. Like I that would not be my go-to there. But that's going to be my new place because I don't feel guilty. You guys know when I don't like the person, I end up paying for dates. And that's why I am literally so poor. So we're going to stop that habit. Um, we're, we're stopping that immediately. Um, so I think you're going to find me there just sidled up to the bar. It was actually great. So you guys, here's the thing though. We'd had great texting before the date and I think I broke a cardinal rule. So he couldn't get together for almost like 
I think it was like six days. Like he has kids and all this stuff. So we were texting for a long time. And that is definitely rule number one, because you kind of start to get an image of a person. You start to build this person in your head when that's not really them. And I even said, I was like, oh, I think this is dangerous. Not not dangerous, like obviously safety-wise, but just, you know, we're kind of building up this image. And sure enough, you guys, objectively fine. I walked into that bar. My vagina literally shriveled up inside my ovaries and said, hide in your cave now. Literally run, don't walk. And again, I sound like such a jerk. He was objectively fine, guys, like no issue. But you ever meet someone and maybe it's pheromones or maybe it's just, I don't know what it is, where you're like, I felt my body become paralyzed. Like truly, and you know, this is my theory, like 10 seconds for the physical attraction. Within 10 seconds, my body was like, absolutely not. Please keep your shirt on. I never want to see you topless, naked, nothing. And guys, I'm not saying I'm Miss Teen USA over here, okay? I'm just saying what while what is so wild as i get older is like i really believe in more of like the woo woo stuff what do i mean by that like you know when they say like trust your body like when you feel anxious around a person it's for a reason or kind of when you get butterflies or your gut kind of drops like literally our bodies are so connected and spot on like my body was literally saying to me like absolutely not so of course like going to go through with the date. We had like three drinks. It was fine. But guys, and again, this is nothing against him. Like every sip of my beer, I swear to you, I lo- I was looking over like how many more sips till I can walk home and order Papa John's pizza. Like th- that's true fact. So like, that's my new bar. Like, am I thinking more about you or about Papa John's pizza? Nine times out of 10, it's PJ's. Papa John's obviously. (laughs) Preachy is going to be our code name. So that's the new bar. Again, it was fine. And also you guys like middle of drink one, he asked me out again. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I'm just saying that's so awkward. Like what, what are you supposed to say? No. And then finish your beer. It was just, it wasn't great guys, but I'm getting more mature. I, I truly am not ghosting anymore. Like I wrote a nice little text or whatever. So it was fine. He was fine. It was just not a match for me. Um, but that's sort of the dating story. I'm literally out of matches. So truly, maybe this is just a good built-in break. I, I I, really am quite unclear. But I think spring, summer will be good. People will be out more. It'll be, you know, I'm just looking to have a fun time. So that's the dating recap. Um, on to other things. My house is still Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm surrounded by boxes like, or excuse me. No, you already know this Tupperware. You guys, I grew up in a military family. So I think I told you this. We moved like every four years. My mom could literally move like the Kardashians in a day. She has it down to a science. So we use Tupperware. I have it all over this house. Um, It's in the back of Zoom calls, all that kind of good stuff. But we're getting there. But I did want to talk to you guys. I went to a free um, design consult last night at the West Elm store on 13th and Chestnut. Now you guys, pros and cons, like just stick with me. When I say free, yes, it is free. But of course, 
they design your home with all West Elm furniture. So unless you are willing to embark and have your entire apartment outfitted in West Elm, like don't pass go. Um, I looked into another designer. I still might go with them. I don't know, but they're giving me a quote. It's about $750 for 90 minutes um, to do an in-person consult, which I still might do because I think with those types of designers, they could give me a lot of ideas that I truly would not think of in the first place. Um, you know, I, I, I know many of you are super talented and I know a couple listeners are actually designers, but guys, I can see a blank room and I see a blank room. Like I, I need help on all aspects. Like don't ask me where a couch would go. Don't ask me like what rug, like it's, it's fun, you guys, like designing this from the ground up, but it's also painful. Like, and I'm, I'm learning a lot about myself. Like I, sometimes I don't trust my gut. I really value other people's opinions sometimes more than my own. Like it's been a process being like, do I like this end table? Mm, I'm unsure. I'm unsure, you know? So I'm really learning a lot about myself, but I have to say nothing but good things. There was a woman named Charlotte, much younger than me, but I kind of don't mind that. Like a hip, like millennial set, excuse me, I'm an elder millennial, but maybe like she's Gen Z. Um, it was great. So she's going to come and, and look at my place in person too and kind of help me out from there. So I'll keep you updated. But the consult was about an hour and a half, two hours. She spent well over the amount of time she had to with me. We picked out everything. I'm deciding between kind of like an ink blue couch or a gray. You guys, I, I might get wild and go ink blue. But the experience was really good. The only thing is, obviously, they set you up with all West Elm. What I've heard about West Elm, and I know we're all familiar with it, but a couple of my designer friends were like, listen, you're going to pay out the ass, which is okay. But they're like, listen, some pieces, the quality is not as up to snuff as the price you're paying for. So again, we know this. I'll keep you guys updated kind of on this process, but um, I'm moving with all of my old furniture, which I've had for like 15 years since I lived in New York, even older than that. Like you guys, my couch has seen some stuff. Like I, if this couch could talk, it, we wouldn't want it to. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's not, like at a certain point in life, we need to uh, refurbish some things. So this couch is moving with me, but then it's gats to go. I also have an Ikea bookcase. I literally was describing it to this woman, Charlotte. She's like, oh yeah, everyone has that. I was like, ooh, but everyone who's probably like 25. So anyway, we're making some changes on that. I'm going for like, you guys, I want to say like a modern chic aesthetic, but no, like I also need furniture. It's not like a Kim K situation where there's like one glass table and nothing else, you know? So we'll keep you updated on that. But that's the latest with sort of design. I move, oh my God, I move next week, you guys. It's going to be a whole sitch. Um, the other thing, I'm still an awful driver. I got a ticket this week for parking in a handicap and a no stopping zone for $300. Uh, shout out to Kate Gigenero. You know what you did. You know who you are. But you guys, I, I've revoked my own license. Um, I ran over a nail. Had to get that fixed. So, you know, city driving plus gas prices, as we know, with the situation in Russia and Ukraine are abominable. Mm, literally, I think some places they're like $7. And uh, yeah, so that's going to be a situation for us. Like, uh, we got to think about that. Where are we driving to? But those are the updates. 
So you guys, before we get into International Women's Day, which I want to dissect, discuss all of that. I wish you guys could talk back to me sometimes. Um, I want to talk about joy. And I know it sounds crazy, but you know, recently I just feel like I'm so overwhelmed. And again, these are first world problems, guys. Like I get it. Like we're going to have an episode on Ukraine. We're going to break some things down. Like there's a lot of shit going on in the world. I am by no means saying that this is important stuff, but it's just my life right now. So I feel overwhelmed with work, the business moving, just kind of doing all that. And, And also coming to terms, like it's an amazing thing doing this solo, you know, just me. And that's great. But there are a lot of times where I'll break down and be like, I have no one to help me. And obviously I have so many friends who are amazing, but it just seems like a lot sometimes like coordinating all this and doing all this and like being responsible for all this. So, you know, if you ever feel that way, like you are in good company. Um, so I was reading an article. I think you guys don't kill me. I think it was on goop. Mm. Moment of silence for that. Like, I, you know, I have a lot of mixed feelings on Goop. But um, I think it was on Goop, and it was all about the fact that happiness is is really, it's an emotion and not something you should strive for. And the fact that we use happiness sort of in, in a very misleading way, like, are you happy? Are we happy? It's It's so fleeting. It's sort of using the wrong definition of a term that the author of this article was like, we really should be focused on spurts and sparks of joy. And I'll link the article actually with this podcast episode, but I thought it was so relevant and so like, duh, it made so much sense. I loved it. Like what you can bring in your life are these moments of joy and that's going to be different for everyone. But what gives you joy and nothing is too simple or too silly. So I was kind of thinking about this and making a list. Like I want to do more joyful things. I want to bring more joy into my world. And like the first thing on my list, you guys, again, sounds insane and silly, but it's not. And I've talked about this before, my nails. So I um, get my nails done by a woman named Alexandra Firsty. And a lot of people call her Firsty. Her Instagram handle is at pepper.holidays. And she does the most amazing nail art I've ever seen. Um, she has a wait list out the you know what, but if you follow her, sometimes you can get random appointments. Just that's a hot tip. But, you know, she loves doing nail art. And, you know, there's so many times I'll go in and just be like, whatever you're feeling, or this is my mood, or I want these kind of colors. And it, they're all over the place, but they bring me so much joy, just like looking at them. And I think they're so beautiful and they're a conversation piece. And I just, it's one of those things that I just like having them done. And it's something that brings me joy. And every time I look down at them, it just makes me smile a little bit. And so it's something I I absolutely give myself. And I think it's just fun. It it just brings a spark of joy. Um, The other things that bring me joy, like you guys, I know this sounds so weird. My dog running like a bat out of hell down the hall just brings me joy. Like seeing him so happy, like this is where I can only imagine, like, I don't know if I'll ever have a child, but if if I did or for the people out there listening who do have kids, like I worry about my dog, mm, not really, but sort of as if he was a kid. Like we'll go to the dog park and I'll be like, mm, does he have friends? Do people like him? Like <laughs> what? 
You guys, I think these thoughts. So I can't even imagine having like a little girl or a little boy and being like, how is school? How are your friends? Like wanting them just to be okay must be exhausting. But seeing him so happy really does make me so happy. Like sounds cheesy, but it does. Um, The one thing too I've noticed that really brings me joy that I make time for in the day is I love working out. But guys, I've really noticed the key to it is the next part of the sentence with a community. Like I love SoulCycle. And again, say what you will about SoulCycle. I know there are some um, naysayers or some people who are not a huge fan. Like sometimes you just need a dance party or you need to, I've cried on the bike, you guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to fully admit I've, I've absolutely cried on that stationary bike more than once. And also guys, I've gotten a blow out the candle twice. And if you take SoulCycle, you know that usually every class, the instructor has someone blow out the candle. You guys, I literally was on a high for like five days. Not kidding. I am that person. It's called Chugi. Look it up. I'm okay with it. Um, but being surrounded by people, sweating with people, and you know my new favorite workout, not new, but um, we had Kate DiGennaro on the podcast um, two weeks ago. She owns Together Old City, also has an online program called Band Together. It's amazing. The community of women, like as soon as I walk in that studio, it's it's literally like every single one of those women and men are already my best friend. Like we talk about stuff before the class, after the class, like you know, when you're working out and like doing squats and you'll like side of the person next to you or be like, oh my God, this is so hard. It just makes it so much more fun working out with people. Um, what else brings me joy, you guys? Doing my makeup and like playing around with my makeup. Again, that might sound silly, but I really don't think it is. Like, again, you know my favorite Deion Sanders quote, like you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good. Like, yeah, I have to be on camera for a lot of meetings. So of course I want to look my best. I mean, you guys are some days where <laughs> it's a rough road, but doing my makeup, showering in the morning, like I know it sounds silly, but a lot of us have been working from home and you can get embedded in a project and it'll be noon and you'll be like, shit, I haven't showered. Like that makes a big difference mentally too. And it, it makes me want to go out more. And that's been the other thing, guys, like I'm so pumped. It's getting to be spring and summer. Like I just can't wait to go out for a drink. I can't like, I have a bunch of friends who I adore. And again, I get it because it's winter right now. We're slowly getting out of that. But who'll be like, oh, just come over to my place. And I'm like, no, like I want to go outside. I want to be in a bar. I want to be in a restaurant. I want to see other people. Like I'm so jonesing to like go out. And I also think guys, that's why I've been on a dating kick recently. Like I just want to go out. So that's not a bad thing as long as you're having fun with it. Um, and the other thing, guys, podcasts. I know you're listening to this right now, but you know, I'm obsessed with the morning toast. I think it's so fun. Like every podcast doesn't need to be the daily or doesn't need to be the Wall Street Journal or NPR. Like, granted, they have their place. They're amazing. It's a great way to catch up on news, but you know, you can have fun with it. I love that. I love crime junkies. Oh my God. We need a whole podcast on true crime shows. I'm so obsessed with crime junkies and true crime obsessed is also sort of a comedic one, but, th but they do it in a good way. I, I love that podcast as well. So just bring some joy into your life. Like this Saturday, I'm going to New York to visit one of my good girlfriends and we're going to see Jonathan Van Ness, JVN for those in the know. And he has a stand up show or a comedy show. He's doing it at Radio City. 
He's one of the queer eye for the straight guy guys. He does the hair. You know, he has a whole hairline, everything. I just really enjoy and adore him. Obviously do not know him in real life, but I just want to laugh. Like we want to do something fun. So we'll update you on that. But those are my little sparks of joy. Oh my God, you guys. And my last spark of joy, how could I forget Howard Stern? I love Howard Stern. Like I started listening to Howard Stern in high school with my mom. You're going to be like, mm, what kind of parenting was that? It was great. Like I just, I, I like, it's almost cathartic. Like instead of listening to the radio, I'll just put on old YouTube, like Howard Stern from like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I have serious. He's so good. Just, you know, guys, whatever brings you joy, just do it. So what I really want to talk about International Women's Day, you guys, it was March 8th. I know that has passed, but it brought, I feel like this year, especially it just brought up a lot of controversy in the media, kind of some mixed emotions, especially on Instagram. So I want to talk through it and just give a little bit of background because I thought this was interesting that the holiday or rather a lot of entities are calling it a movement was recognized by the UN in 1977. And it really has grassroots in labor movements at the turn of the century, which I found fascinating. So in the U.S., the first National Women's Day was observed in honor of the 1908 garment workers strike in New York, where women were protesting working conditions in factories. And there's even an earlier milestone in 1848, where in women were barred from speaking at an anti-slavery convention. So Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott, two Americans, they congregated with a few hundred people, both women and men, and developed a first women's rights convention in New York. And that was meant to demand civil, social, religious and political rights for women. And that started this movement. So it started as early as the late 1800s. And I just thought that was so interesting and pertinent that how easily we forget our history and where we came from and why this movement is so needed and why an International Women's Day is so relevant. I saw not a lot but about 10% of comments on Instagram that I can't say I loved. And they really were negative about why is this a day? Why is there an international women's movement? Other comments were very much more that this was being glamorized or taken in a way that it shouldn't. So, I mean, again, I... I feel like any day like this is going to get some heat, going to get some feedback. It's a good thing that people are talking about it, but I also think it's just important to know the timeline and really like where this came from. And and it's really all been about women um, really standing up for other women. Um, And interestingly enough too, this day is really strongly linked to like women's movements during the Russian revolution in 1917, just kind of all of this kind of stuff. But, you know, it really is a global day um, to recognize 
achievements of women in the political, cultural, uh, religious, like all these different spheres, right? But I thought it was really interesting to bring some stats to you that I was looking at earlier because you guys, it's really interesting. Um, I think we get very isolated in our bubble here in the US and and that's normal. Like this is our life. Humans tend to live in sort of this egocentric lens, right? Like that's, it goes back biologically, like it's survival. We're looking out for number one. Um, And I think here, obviously there are rights that shock us, which I'll get into in a second. But, you know, I think looking at a broader scale, we really forget about gender inequality around the world. And it's interesting. So because of the political unrest, I have not been able to go in the past two years, but I take a trip with uh, some friends, some coworkers, and my mom actually goes to, we do a medical mission, meaning we provide healthcare um, to men, women, children, babies in Haiti. Um, two years ago before COVID, we went to Mexico just because the political unrest in Haiti just makes it completely unsafe at this point in time. We're hoping that changes because the communities in Haiti are just some of the kindest people I've ever met. We, we just adore this specific community, um, that we go in and do all these clinics with. Um, but it really gives you a different perspective. Like it is fascinating and, and truly we can talk more about it, but it's fascinating to me, like their views on sex and marriage is not a big thing in Haiti. And it's almost, it's so interesting. And like, to me, it mimics very much the French where it's just a known thing, how men will have mistresses and it, it's just out in the open. And that's looked at sort of like an upper echelon or, you know, we're so progressive. Where in Haiti, it's sort of the same thing, but it's looked at as the other side of the coin where it, it's just not progressive, but but sort of the same arrangement. And, you know, a lot of the Haitian women I talk to are just say like, why would they ever believe in, in marriage or an institution like that? Like monogamy is just not a real thing. It doesn't work for their lifestyle. It's very, very interesting. Like the power of women in Haiti, it doesn't seem like that right away. In many regards, it isn't, but just culturally, it's very fascinating sort of their cultural take on their, they don't need marriage and they don't really look at it in the same way that we do in the U S it's really, really interesting you guys. But you know, on the flip side, it's fascinating because you'll go there and we'll hold workshops on periods and everything from basic, like, okay, a normal cycles every 28 days. You know, women don't have resources to tampons, tampax, to pads. And in a lot of communities, they're still sort of shunned. They can't go to school for those seven days or, you know, however long their menstrual period is. And, um, really that education's fascinating also around sex, sex education. Like we take these things for granted. That's not common in a country like Haiti. Like I, I've had multiple talks in clinic with women about STDs and using condoms. And, you know, it's funny. I, I had one teenage girl once who told me that the man she was with told her that because his penis was not big, she couldn't get pregnant. And I was just dying inside. Like, obviously, like we had a serious conversation about it, but it was like, these are the myths that are perpetuated. Like we very much take for granted things as simple and as common to us as education, specifically sex education. So, so interesting. But guys, here are some statistics that, you know, when people say, oh, you know, women are equal or, or you know, we don't need a day or we don't, we, we don't need a day. We need to hold damn everything. 
Um, and it's important to keep up the fight. And just every time you kind of stand up for yourself or do something outside of the box or represent women in a way that really kind of shines a light, you're, you're kind of pushing the movement forward. So in 2015, and I know this is a little bit dated, there were only 21 female heads of states in the entire world. Um, that's it. You guys, FYI, women make up 49.6% of the world's population. So that's not an equal statistic at all. Over 150 countries currently have at least one actively sexist law. And the majority of countries still harbor laws that make life not only more difficult, but more dangerous for women and girls. So there are still laws. There are quote unquote legitimate laws for rape in India that in certain circumstances allow for rape. There are unfair inheritance laws still in place in the UK where a woman, a daughter, for example, would not be entitled to the inheritance of a son. And so many of these laws still reinforce the notion that a woman exists as the property of a man. In Yemen, a married woman can't leave her house without her husband's permission. And in Cameroon, a husband can stop his wife from taking a job if he doesn't approve of it. So denying women equality I think we often think of this, or at least I do, in these theoretical or esoteric sort of big ideas. These are real life examples. We don't see this in the US. We see smaller microaggressions or micro versions of this, absolutely. But think about that culturally. Think about asking for permission to leave your house. Think about not being able to leave your house without a head covering. Think about not being able to take a job because your husband doesn't want you to. Like these are real things happening every day. Another harrowing statistic every minute, 28 girls are married before they're ready. So, arranged marriages, this is not what we're talking about here. We are talking about literally young girls sent down the proverbial aisle. And in many ways, that is done by families due to economic status, financial strain, because once a girl is married, she often leaves school and she lacks the skills to lift her family out of poverty. But it's like that quick fix where they might need a dowry or something along those lines. Again, we can get further into this, but I mean, marriages of young women, it's, it's a thing. Um, I think more close to home for a lot of people, one in three women have experienced physical or sexual violence at some point in their life. One in three. Like that's that's unacceptable. And, you know, that includes rape, domestic violence, um, just gender-based violence of all kinds, like one in three women. So it's our neighbor, it's us, it's our sister, it's, it, it's, it's happening. Um, in most countries to date, women only earn between 60 and 75% of men's wages for the same amount of work. So again, it's not simply a first world problem. This is across industries, it's across cultures, and it, it perpetuates the belief that women should expect less than men. Like, you know, I think 
a lot of times we take things like this or statistics as very one-off things. No, this type of societal norm perpetuates these beliefs. And that that gets into people's belief systems. Why should women expect less than men? Um, the big thing we we sort of touched on is education. So there are approximately 781 million illiterate adults worldwide. Two thirds of those are women. So so many people around the world don't learn to read or write, and it's particularly cumbersome and a tragedy for women. Like a woman is twice as likely to be illiterate than a man because she's twice as likely to miss out on education, to not go to school, to not learn any of things. Now, again, I know it seems like a first world, it seems like rather a third world problem. You know, here it's like, oh, we have to go to school, da, 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 da. I mean, think of the privilege to learn to read and write. 63 million girls worldwide still need to go to school. Um, They're out of school. That's the entire population of the United Kingdom. You guys, that's it's it's wild. The majority of girls in sub-Saharan Africa don't complete secondary education. Non-illiterate, or excuse me, non-literal, non-literate. You guys, stick with me. I mean, I should be able to say this word. Women who can't read, they're four times more likely to believe HIV could not be prevented. So that's what we're talking about with education, stigmas, you know, really believing these myths. It, it, it Again, it just, it puts women at risk and, and the education is so, so important. And a lot of studies in these third world countries really show the importance of it, that if a girl completes both primary and secondary, so like high school education, she'll marry later, she'll have children later, they'll be healthier and she'll earn more as an adult. So, I mean, these statistics are pretty mind-blowing, guys. I think it's just important for us to kind of get outside the box and really kind of go even beyond the U.S. But, you know, bringing it closer to home, it's really important to remember the progress that we've made in recent decades, but also to realize we have such a long way to go. These stats, I don't know about you, but literally blew my mind when I read them. And then when I put them together it blew my mind even more. Like, think about this. This has only been in the last 50 years, five zero years. My mom has lived through all of this. Your moms, your aunts, your grandmas. A woman could not have a credit card in her own name until 1974. What the actual fuck? 1974. You guys, that's not, that's what, 40 something years ago? That's insane. Couldn't have her own credit card. Um, even later than that, 1978, a woman could not be guaranteed that she would not be fired for being pregnant. Those pregnancy laws and protection laws are so new on the books. 1978. Before then, a woman could be fired for being pregnant. We know we have a long way to go with maternity leave, with coverage, with stigma. Again, it's shown to be a real thing. Research shows that in corporate America, women who have children experience a motherhood penalty. Their income has shown to drop or be less than men in that same category, because men in this category, those who have children, 
are actually shown to benefit from a fatherhood promotion or fatherhood bonus is what some articles or some research call it. And it goes back to that idea of critical thinking. Do we really believe in our culture that women deserve less than men? You know, men in that arena with kids are looked at commonly as more responsible and more secure and more stable. Whereas women with children are looked at as more of a liability, more of a risk. They're not going to be as hands-on. Work is no longer their highest priority. Very interesting too, women were only allowed to serve in the military starting in 1976. So my dad went to the Coast Guard Academy. I have all of my uncles were military, West Point, Army, that is Army, U.S. Naval Academy, all of that. They all graduated with no women in their class. It wasn't a thing. It was, it was all men. This one really shocked me too. It was not until 1983 that women could get an education at an Ivy League school. So Columbia was the last to allow women in in 1983, which is, it's just wild. And now the rates of both bachelor's and master's degrees, women earn those at a higher rate than men. But again, the statistics in terms of pay, salary have have not turned the other way. It's, It's again, 1983, guys, that was less than 40 years ago. And a woman could not choose not to have sex with her husband. If she wanted to, meaning a husband could demand sex from their wife. That's spousal rape. That was not criminalized in all states until 1993. So, you know, as progressive as we are, and there have been so many things that have gone on for women's rights and movements and and, and just in regards to that step towards equality, but I think it's so important to remember that these all happen only within the last 50 years. Like I think when we talk in social studies or even amongst ourselves and our groups of friends, we make it sound like these things happened thousands of years ago and how could we, and oh my goodness. And you know, oh, those were different types of people. No, it's right here, right now. I mean, we see it with what's going on in Ukraine. We see it in Texas with abortion laws. We see it all over the place in terms of what's happening with the anti or anti-say gay bill in Florida. Again, not directing women directly. It does affect women, but just that that type of bias and discrimination, it exists and not just in the past, like it exists now. Like we've got to get some shit together. So, you know, we've made progress, right? But it's 2022. Think about even the quote unquote little things that we still have to deal with the pink tax. And that's real. And and men don't even think about it. Like, think about it. You guys, like I equate this to, I had a flood in my apartment in October, right? Before October, I didn't know anything about floods, floods insurance could have cared less. Right. But after October, now all I think about is flooding. And even like when I was moving into my new building or, or, you know, looking to purchase, I was like, what about flooding? What about that? Like the realtor was like, what? It it almost because I had like this past traumatic experience, right? Men don't think about the pink tax. Think about it. Razors, shampoo, deodorant, socks, clothes, 
even toys and accessories targeted towards girls, they all cost more than the same item for men and boys. All of them. Do a social experiment. Go to Target today. Take a look at secret or women's deodorants that are targeted you know, towards women versus men. The pink tax is real. Um, tampons, it, it, that could be a whole discussion. Um, and I will highlight to, you know, my friend Bree Williamson, who is one of the co-founders of Girls Give Back, just did in the month of February a period poverty drive. Because right now, right here, there's an organization called No More Secrets MBS. It's right in Chestnut Hill, and it's an amazing organization where it serves as a period hub. So women who don't have access to pads, tampons, and and um, those type of toiletries can get them. Because we all know they're expensive as shit. And we forget people don't have access. And think about it, if you didn't have access to that, you couldn't leave your house. You couldn't do things during those five, seven, whatever days. Um, it's 2022. Women still make less than their male coworkers. So again, depends on what study you look at, but women make 79% of what male counterparts earn in America. It is worse, much worse for women of color and minorities. And again, that's a statistic. Again, these are mm, sort of headlines. There, as a scientist and you know someone who did their PhD, and I don't love a snippet like this or a kind of quick headline. But the data is the data. Yes, it's more nuanced in this specific statistic, but the data is real. Uh, we continue to be underrepresented in government. Women are 51% of the population, only 27% of the U.S. Congress. And, you know, the number continues. We're almost non-existent in C-suites, which um, stands for C-level suites, CEO, CFO, COO, or executive suites. Um, only 7.4% of Fortune 500 CEOs are women. And these are striking statistics because we know if we can't see ourselves in those positions, if we don't have anyone really thinking with that mindset about women's rights or how to really continue to drive women up that career ladder, it's not going to happen. So representation is huge. Representation is important. And again, I know I just threw a lot of stats out, but as I read through them this past week for International Women's Day, they struck me like still how much work we have to do and how much even a little bit of progress is still progress. And, you know, especially for me, like I can't continue to sit in this bubble. And um, I've really been thinking about a lot of programs, a lot of things I want to start putting into motion, um, potentially thinking about a nonprofit that I want to get involved with. Um, specifically focused on around women and, and advancing their career. So more on that to come, but what can you do today to advance women's rights? What can you do? Um, it's important. It's important. And I think we all need to be a part of that discussion. And I think discussing it is step one. We don't talk about it enough. So I really do think that's a huge part of it. Wanted to bring that to you today. Again, this solo episode, it was down, it was dirty, but we could not let International Women's Day go without touching upon it. Lauren and I will be back in your ears next week. You know the deal. Thank you for loving on us, for giving us, leaving those five-star reviews at the GoTo Girls podcast. Please rate us. Please subscribe and download us on any platform where you can subscribe to podcasts. 
slide into our DMs. We're on Instagram at GoToGirlsPodcast. Let us know what you'd love to hear, what you're loving, what you're not loving. We want to make this your go-to podcast every single week. And we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Love you. Bye.